Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's the latest, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Devin Ugland here with you as always. And today is a day that Ronnie Flores is not here. He's back in Vegas doing some odd shenanigans, as we know Ronnie to do. Probably hanging out with Rick Isaacs and Jim Jones, Jimmy the Ripper. Rip those crossovers. So we have a special guest today, one of the best basketball evaluators uh, I've ever been around. And um, I'm sure you guys know him real well from Twitter, Mr. Joel Francisco. Joel, thanks so much for joining us this morning, man. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm always on your podcast listening to him, and uh, you and Ronnie do a great job. Well, it's going to be better this time because Joel's here, and Ronnie's not going to be uh, finishing my sentences for me. Uh, <laughs> the good old Matt, Matt Rodriguez, uh, the, the, the head boss at, at Ball's Life, is always laughing about Ronnie. He knows what I'm about to say before I even say it. So, uh, Joel, let's, uh, let's get right into this. Man, we had some madness yesterday as NBA free agency. Um, it, it began yesterday at 3 p.m. Pacific time, and people didn't waste any time. Uh, getting after it. I mean, let's start with the biggest moves. The first one, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and DeAndre Jordan are headed to Brooklyn to join the Nets. A lot of people, I mean, maybe not a lot of people outside of New York, you know, MSG New York thought that um, Durant and Irving were going to join forces in uh, in Madison Square Garden with the Knicks, but they opted to go to Brooklyn. Um, obviously, KD had a ruptured Achilles in the playoffs this year with Golden State. Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on there with you know medical staff and stuff like that. Um, he'll likely be out for most of next season. So let's take into account that and kind of discuss first, what do the Nets look like this year? It's Irving and Jordan and a couple solid pieces like Karis LeVert and guys like that because he's coming back off injury. Where do they fit in the East now? Um, you know, I th- they're going to be interesting, um, but I feel like <clears throat> with Kyrie Irving, you know, it's if he can stay healthy because you know he gets he's somewhat you know injury prone and so forth. I don't know when's the last time he actually played a full season. Sure, but you know, obviously without KD being there, I think they'll be in the middle in the road. Okay, um, and a team in playoff the East, team. playoff team. Okay. I think a middle road team, um, especially if Irving can stay, <clears throat> could stay, um, can stay healthy and so forth, but. You know, it's like in the East, it's just, it's like, I think we're entering a really exciting time in, in the NBA because, you know, in 2014, 2015, you had the Heat, you know, they break up, LeBron heads back to Cleveland. Right. And so there, there's a transformation there. And then, and then here we come, here come the Warriors. Yep. In 2014, 15. And they so they dynasty. dominated. Yep. And, you know, and now LeBron not making the playoffs this year with the Lakers, uh, the Warriors losing KD, um, losing Clay Thompson for a while sure. as well. 
Um, it's we're looking like revolutionary times here, especially with KD, like you said, and heading down to Brooklyn, and then we're going back to parody. Yeah, we're going, we're back, going to back to parody, essentially. And like, I think it's an exciting time for sure. Adam Silver in this league, and because uh, we really don't know. I mean, I've, for sure, who's going to be in that championship? Right. I mean, it's it's really it's really wide open, and I think. Um, in 2020, 2021, if, if Irving and Kevin Durant bounces back from injury um, like we expect him to, and then DeAndre Jordan, who's a great defensive center and rebounder, if they're all healthy and they're, they're rolling, they're, they've got to be one of the favorites in the East, obviously. Um, and that's, you know, we don't know what Kawhi's doing yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Kawhi goes back to Toronto, then it might be a different story. But, I mean, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving... DeAndre Jordan, all on one team um, in the East. I think that's a, a major contender. Now we have another contender uh, forming, and they were already a, a solid playoff team. Mm-hmm. I think they made a second-round exit this year, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. They added Al Horford for four years, $109 million, and Tobias Harris, who is a solid, solid player overall, uh, got his money, and deserving so, five years, $180 million. So... Philly has an interesting lineup now. Jimmy Butler is likely on the move, potentially to Miami. I think that's the the latest is uh, a sign and trade to Miami. Um, but they have a massive lineup. Uh, ben Simmons, six ten. He's not a great shooter. Joel Embiid, seven footer. Uh, I mean, he can stretch it a little bit to forward, fifteen yeah. to, to seventeen. Yep. Uh, maybe three point line, not as consistent as they probably would like it to be. Tobias Harris and Al Horford, they're both guys who can who can stretch it a little bit. But I mean, this is a massive lineup, Joel. Absolutely massive. A lot of good players. Uh, Embiid has star power. He's he's mm-hmm. injury prone as well. Yeah. Simmons just literally cannot shoot the basketball. Is yeah. do they have too much size? And is is it going to be a packed paint for that Philadelphia team? I think it's going to be. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, they're like the aberration of today's NBA. Okay, you know where you see like everyone <laughs> to surround themselves with good shooters <laughs> right. and three point shooting, right. and your point guard, who's obviously going to be Ben Simmons, right. can't shoot, right, out, even outside of the paint area. Not even close. It's not even close. So obviously, we don't know what he's doing during the summertime. We hopefully, for his sake, that he's working on that aspect of the game. You yep. know, LeBron James came into this league; he was not a great shooter, right. and he turns himself into a like a, a solid, a respectable, or than respectable shooter. shooter. You have to you have to close out. You have to be there. You have to have a hand up, and that mm-hmm. opens up the floor. Ben Simmons, man, you can drop back in the paint and just stand there, like the Lakers did with Rondo yeah. in the in those couple championships yeah. they had in the th- in the two thousands. Yeah, Kobe was ten feet off right. him at least, and, then, right. and Kobe got like seventeen rebounds in that game, <laughs> right. that championship game. Right, and he <laughs> went like six of thirty from the field or some crazy number, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's I mean it's it's an, it's an interesting approach. I assume as the season goes on that they're gonna they're gonna have to deal something to get some shooting. In okay, because they know, lost JJ Redick to New Orleans, and we'll discuss a little bit yeah, later. Yeah. So, um, and I, I mean, I do like Ben Simmons. I he's think a he's, great a, he's a great player. He's a great talent. And um, like you said, Embiid is, a, is one of the, t- when he's playing and he's dominant, he's one of the top five, arguably best players in the league. Sure. He could stretch the floor too. Yeah. But you think about defensively too, you okay. know, how's that going to work as well? You know, who's so, guarding point guards? Who's guarding point guards? Because they added Josh Richardson from, I believe, he was at Miami, Miami and he's 6'6". Yeah. Six, six. He's a 6'6 six, yeah. six shooting guard. Yeah. So, I mean, he's another guy who can potentially spread the floor, but... They're going to have mean, extraordinary length. Right, <laughs> they're going to have cra- like, crazy length out on that perimeter. I mean, you know. are you playing some faux zone defense? Yeah. You know, because a lot yeah. of NBA teams now are playing like a faux zone. Uh, obviously, the three-second defensive rule is is mm-hmm. in, in play in the NBA, but you can get away with it if you have the length because, I mean, Joel Embiid can play that 2-3. He can play the middle, mm-hmm. but he can be on either side yeah. of the paint and recover to where he needs to mm-hmm. recover to, which is... I mean, it's a crazy lineup when you think about it, but um, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a packed paint. Um, I think you're going to need to – you got to find a 
you got to find a point guard. You got to find an actual point. Like Ben Simmons, you know, that's the position he's a point he plays, forward, right? Point because yeah. yeah, that's the position he plays because he's so good at distributing. He has such good feel for the game. And he has, mm. his vision's insane in transition. But if he can't shoot, well, I mean, and that's what happened in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, the game slows down in the playoffs. They pack the paint, and if and they're just going to drop off him, right? You know, and, and unless he's like we said, he works on his game and he so some respectability of a jump shot right. coming into this even season. from even from like 15, 15 feet. feet because <laughs> i think you know we, we got lost too i think where it's either to the layup i mean either to the rim or a three-point shot and we're going to talk about this later when we talk about evaluating players but yeah go ahead yeah but i i really believe that you really saw an importance of the mid-range game that it's not lost yeah and that because in the playoffs you're going to have to create out the dribble and shoot within 17 feet Kawhi did most of his damage i would think in that area yep i agree i agree <clears throat> So let's move to um, who the Celtics are replacing Kyrie Irving with, and that is Kemba Walker, a uh, former Charlotte Hornets guard. He was there his, his entire career, got drafted yeah. by them, and, and uh, I think it was, it was ninth overall. And uh, four years, $141 million. He got the full max for that, you know, f- free agent full max for four years. Um, I, I feel like this is just, as far as basketball terms go, this is just a, a replacement Literal like replacement for Kyrie Irving. Kemba Walker and Kyrie Irving have similar mm-hmm. styles of play to me. Uh, ball dominant. Ball, yep. yep. Uh, n- you know, need a lot of dribbles to get shots. Mm-hmm. Um, take a lot of dribbles to get shots. Like a lot of kids like to do. Lead lead guards, quote unquote, lead guards like to do yeah. these days. Um, but again, Kemba Walker is a talented offensive player. So you add him to that young Celtics core. What do we got? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like you saw the trans. You, you, the Celtics made a great run. They lost to LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie. Okay. Because Brad Stevens' system, ball movement, yep. good shots, efficiency, and so forth. You add someone like Kyrie Irving, ball dominant. Ball going, stopper. Ball stopper. Now, Kemba, his whole career, all he's known as being the guy. Right. And so he's going into a system where it's more team-oriented. Sure. And he's going to have to become more of a distributor, in my opinion. Okay. Because... You have so many other players around him. You got the you know Tatum, who had a good, I think a good year. I think the, I think people expected more from him. Yeah, a little bit of a sophomore slump. A little sophomore slump. What was that due to Kyrie? <laughs> Could have been. You know, with that, you know, it's like because there was less ball movement. So weren't you got Jalen Brown there? Um, Gordon just, Hayward's Gordon getting Hayward, healthy again. Gordon Hayward's getting healthy. He really started to emerge the last third of the season. Right. So it's going to be interesting. What if Kemba? But I, went, I remember watching Kemba back in in club basketball when he was playing for. I think it was playing for the New York Ravens and AAU and the Cactus Classic in Arizona. Okay. It was great. He was actually playing against Brandon Jennings and uh, Demar Derozan in the final. Okay. And uh, of Dinos's team, Dinos Dragonis. <laughs> yeah, Belmont Shout out, shout out Dinos. <laughs> shout out to Dinos. <laughs> but um, and that's when Demar Derozan really took off. Anyways, but then. But Kemba was a point guard, okay. and he was a distributor and a scorer. Interesting. And, then, and so is that in him? Because at Charlotte, he's had to done it, do everything. That's the thing. He said, you know, they asked him the reason why he, he chose to leave Charlotte. He's like, I did everything I could for that, that franchise. Now I want to compete at the highest level. So when he gets around other pieces that are really solid and can, can create and hit shots, does he go back to what you were saying he was as a high school player and more of a – uh, a distributor or a high-level decision maker who can also score. Score, yeah, and that's that's where you think he needs to be. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Um, let's move to the Knicks. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, kick somebody while they're down, but let's do it anyways. <clears throat> the Knicks struck out major on free agent <coughs> in free agency. Um, you know, everyone thought that they were going to get uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and form some you know super team in a Madison Square Garden resurgence, and that did not happen. Instead. 
They get Julius Randle for three years, sixty-three million. Very good player. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Ellington, Taj Gibson, and Bobby Portis, um, all solid NBA players. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a Knicks fan right now, Joel, uh, you're expecting all of these top-level guys to come, and now you're sitting here with you know, a s- potentially solid squad in the East um, if they can get you know some more pieces to fill out. Um, they got Kevin Knox, young player. Frank mm-hmm. Nicotina, young player. Yeah. Um, um, I believe they have Dennis Smith Jr. as well. Mm-hmm. They got him last year from Dallas. So that's not a that's not a horrible squad in the East, but it's not what they expected. Oh, yeah. So if you're a Knicks fan, what are you thinking? Um, I mean, obviously, I'm terribly disappointed. Yeah. I mean, I think we you know, listening to uh, you know the Brian Windhorst of the world, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world, and you know Ramona Shelburne and all that. The Knicks, in all probability, as we were told, were probably getting Durant and Kyrie Irving. Right. You know, six months ago. Okay. And now you're with, like you said, Julius Randle, who... Um, productive. Very productive. Plays hard. Plays hard. High motor. High motor guy. And he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. But <clears throat> who's their star? Okay. Who's their guy that's going to get the basket at the end of the game? Who's going to be... I mean... I'm, there's no one there that's <clears throat> going to do that, that you can give the ball to and say, hey, go get me a bucket. We need, exactly. a, we need a W. Go get me a bucket. It's not Dennis Smith Jr. I like Dennis Smith Jr.'s game. Uh, it's not Kevin Knox yet. I like his game, but it's not him. I like all these guys' games, but there's yeah. no alpha dog on this team. No, there's no alpha dog. And, you know, it's 82-game season. Yeah. You're going to have to develop that, man. And there's got to be, you know, at the end of games, especially tight games, boom. Kobe, here's the ball. LeBron, here's the ball. Kyrie, Steph here's the ball. Kevin, Kyrie, right. Kevin, whatever. Here's the ball. Yeah. Go make a play. Right. Kevin Durant, yeah, for sure. They so. don't have that. So, I mean, you were around when, you know, <clears throat> Patrick Ewing was the Knicks. They – their last mm-hmm. championship you, mm-hmm. you were you know old old enough to remember that yeah not that you're yeah. old not that you're old yeah but compared to me you're old I, enough to I remember am that. old you yeah well 50 now <laughs> 51 51 looks like look like you're 32 <laughs> um but what what happened what like what happened from the patrick ewing days and the knicks being a, a free agent destination playing in new york the <clears throat> quote-unquote the mecca what happened is the ownership Oh, I mean, come on. Everybody's throwing Jim Dolan under the bus. Yeah. I mean, and rightfully so. Okay. I mean, the, the story out there was, I'm not willing to give Kevin Durant that kind of money. Yeah, I saw and, that. And, you know, the and I'm thinking, what do you have that you can actually make a statement like that in your program, in your <laughs> in your club, you know, your team, that right. you can make a statement like that, like, oh, we're, we can't afford to do that for Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, not only just signing Kevin Durant, it's going to bring people in into, the door. In the door. Yeah. And and then eventually somebody else is going to want to play with Kevin Durant, especially. I mean, this year obviously it's a loss. Okay, but you know how life. I mean, life goes by quick. Sure, this one season, year is not One year is there's nothing. And so Kevin Durant's there. Hopefully he's coming back healthy. Hopefully he's back to his superstardom. You know, arguably the best player in the game. Hopefully that comes back. Yeah, and then. You build from there. Who knows what happens in in the next free agency cycle? Because you know exactly, it's not absolutely not a great year next year. Yeah, but you know, there's all and then you have you know there's there's always trades. Yeah, you know, and there's always people like they're going to dump or they're and so who doesn't want to play with Kevin Durant in his prime? I would. Yeah, anybody would really. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where the Knicks go from here um and it's also interesting to see where and they thought they were getting zion williamson too right you remember those, <laughs> so those twitter enjoyed. edits or whatever but yeah. people posting zion Kyrie, and, uh, and uh, kevin durant, <laughs> kevin durant nick's jerseys so how could not you happen. not be disappointed if you're not i mean right i mean as a as an nba fan of a, of a team right you see those things and it gets you really excited yeah. and you're super stoked and you're like this is for sure gonna happen and then it doesn't and now you got julius randall yeah. good player good but player. He's not going to take you to the to that next level where Knicks fans want to be and where they expect to be. Mm-hmm. 
So another interesting. Um, and they got R.J. Barrett. Yeah, and R.J. Yeah, we can't forget. His mo- yeah, yeah. That's, that's horrible. We got R- got R.J. Barrett, and he could be, he could be mm-hmm. that guy because he showed at Duke mm-hmm. that he's a guy who's not afraid of the big moment. Yeah. What are your overall takes on his game? Um, I, I mean, RJ, I like him. I, I gotta be honest. Um, I like, I'm not as high as others okay. on him. Um, he, the thing with me is like ball stopper and okay. I, he didn't shoot great at Duke, but he's a multi-skilled wing. And like he said, I do like the alpha dog mentality that he has, the confidence that he has. He's got the frame. He's got the athleticism. If he tightens those, you know, screws in his game, you know, I, I, I could see him potentially being an all-star maybe down the road in the East, you know, as a score. Yeah. And he could pass and sure. stuff. Just right now, I think the expectations are too high. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, now let's move to the Warriors, who obviously don't have Kevin Durant. Clay Thompson is coming off of a ACL tear uh, that he suffered in the NBA Finals. And they worked out a three-team deal for D'Angelo Russell. This is weird to me because how do they like I get offensively the Warriors are going to be fine. You plug in a guy who can score, who can shoot, he can get to the mid-range, he can get to the basket. D'Angelo Russell's a talented offensive player. Um but defensively this is a weird fit because uh Steph Curry's been no is not a high-level on-ball defender. No. Uh Klay Thompson is a high-level on-ball defender, but he's coming off of ACL tear. He's not going to be Back healthy till February, for, March. Yeah, potentially the and after the All Star break, or maybe mm-hmm. not at all, depending yeah. on how it goes, right? Um, we wish the best for Clay, Santa Margarita guy. Uh, wish the best for him. But Russell, what do they look like defensively? They're giving up 120 points a game. Are they giving up 120 a game? <laughs> I mean, honestly. I mean, you think about it too. Where's their rim protection? I mean, Draymond I like Green is not a rim protector. No, Jordan Bell's an okay rim protector. But he's undersized. Right. Um, what's what's the latest with Kevon Looney? He, I mean, they're they might have to move him. That's what I heard. To create cap space, they got to move somebody. Space. Yeah. So. Defensively, what are you going to do? And they and lost now, the Iguodala's traded to Memphis as part of this deal, and th- that's, and that's probably their huge, best perimeter defender. Yes, so they're obviously. I mean, they're just. I expect next year. I to be honest with you, I expect Steph Curry to average like thirty-five a game. I, th- I mean, yeah, I they're going to have to try to outscore him, opponents. and Russell's going to average twenty-five to yeah, twenty-eight exactly. And defensively, they're going to be. I, I have faith in Steve. Yeah. I have faith in Bob Myers. Yeah. And uh, so if I'm a Warriors fan, I'm devastated that Durant left because I'm sure they're high IQ guys. Okay. They're winners. Sure. And they're going to, the culture I don't think will, but it's going to be a huge transition. And you think about it too. What is Steph Curry going to look like in March? If he's I mean, carrying this team, he's getting beat up a lot. And he's getting beat up a lot. And we know that he's been prone to, I mean, early in his career, injury Ankle prone injuries, yeah. when he had to be the man. Right. Um, come on. How, I mean, not to say all NBA guys, but he got to play along Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Clay uh, Thompson. Thompson, Iggy, Iggy. Yeah, I mean, go make a play, dude. All right, and he gets to go one on one and so forth. Now he's going to have to be the guy. And then teams, you don't think they didn't learn from the Raptors? Hey, let's go box him one on this. Sure. Guy. All right, let's have Lee Angelo Russell beat us. Right, and it kind of showed um, what happens when uh, Steph Curry has to shoulder the load completely for a team. Yeah. Um, and the, at the end of the season, when mm-hmm. Durant went out, obviously, and, and Thompson went out, um, uh, and he looked gassed. Yeah. He looked gassed, and, mm-hmm. and rightfully he should be. I mean, they made five straight finals trips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an extra, <coughs> if you, excuse me, if you sweep every single series, that's an extra 100 games. Oh, yeah. That's an extra season plus mm-hmm. more, and they didn't sweep every mm-hmm. every series. So, I mean, that's a that's a huge workload for a guy who is slight of frame. Yeah. 
dealing with getting crushed on on high mm. ball screens. Yes. Going to the basket, getting crushed by you know mm-hmm. help side defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and his legs just looked looked gassed. So is this the end of the Warriors as we knew them as the, as the dynasty? Um, I, I mean, uh, for me, for the dynasty, absolutely, it does. Um, because you just have we haven't even we haven't even got to Milwaukee yet. Giannis is just starting to come into the picture and so forth. So you sure. have this new generation of talents that are going to start emerging, starting to come up. Now, like I said, though, I have faith. I have faith in Bob Myers. I have faith yeah. in Steve Kerr. I think they're. I mean, I think they're high IQ guys. Right. And so I expect them to make deals and so forth and <clears throat> totally maneuver their way through this transition just fine. Okay. But like you said, though, it's they're going to need something else. Yeah. And they're yeah. going to have to get some bigs. For me, they're gonna have to get some bigs. Yeah, get some bruisers. They get some bruisers, get some rim protectors in there to go along with that perimeter talent that they have. But you know, you got Steph Curry, you got Draymond Green, proven winners. I think it's gonna be a great cultural fit for hopefully for for, Russell uh, for Russell and see if he can mold himself into that culture. Okay. Because he left obviously a toxic situation with the Lakers. Yeah. He went to Brooklyn where they're saying, Here's the ball, have some fun. So now he's going to a situation where he's not He's the the third or fourth fiddle, or sure. second or third, whatever you want to look. You know, what, depending when on Clay when Clay comes, comes back, back right. when Clay comes back, and how he fits in that. You know, is he matured and so forth? And so well, that'll be something to be interesting to look at. I agree, I agree with everything said. So I got no rebuttal. Let's move <laughs> to the smaller uh, deals here. Malcolm Brogdon to Indiana, four years, eighty six million, eighty five million. Uh, Virginia guy, and he's come out and I mean, just played his game. And and was he a second round pick? Am I mistaken on that? Second round pick, yeah. And uh, interesting story note here. I think your legs will like this. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Frankie, uh, Frank Burleson. Frankie Burr. Frankie Burr. We also call him Cranky Burr yeah. if you've been around Frank long enough. But anyways, <laughs> um, he made a bet with Miles Simon, modern day guy. Uh-oh. And, hey, uh, we're about to bring Doug Gottlieb on, so this is good. Miles yeah, and Doug and are tight. are tight. So, uh, yeah, made a bet. And uh, Frank says, he told Miles, he goes, hey, I'll bet you dinner that Mal- Malcolm Brogdon's going to be a uh, He's going to be a first-round pick. And Miles okay. goes, there's no way he's going to be a first-round pick. So anyways, he was a second-round pick. So technically, Miles won the bet. But then Malcolm Brogdon came back and won Rookie of the Year. Uh-oh. So if I'm Miles, from uh, my standpoint, I'm like, you know, Frank, the deal's off. Right. Like, because you were it's right. It's, it's because the GMs were a bunch of, you know, didn't watch game film or don't know actually know what they're watching or whatever. That right. Brogdon didn't think Brogdon was a first-round talent. He ended up being Rookie of the Year. Right. And now he's... A rich man at four years, eighty-five million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Another big move. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich uh, from Indiana to Utah, four years, seventy-three million. He joins Donovan Mitchell, another guy who uh, was undervalued in his draft mm-hmm. and won Rookie of the Year. And Mike Conley, who signed a free agent deal um, after leaving the Grizzlies. Yeah. Um, are they legit contenders in the West? This mm-hmm. is before we know where Kawhi Leonard is mm-hmm. going. Uh, if the Lakers stay the same <clears> and have to sign a, a bunch of random, you know, one-year deal guys. Yeah. Uh, Utah legit? Uh, I agree. I mean, it's um, they have um, God, their coach is slipping my mind right oh, now. Oh, Quinn Snyder. Yeah, Quinn Snyder. God, I actually saw him in high school. Crazy. <laughs> That's how old I am. Anyways, um, I think Quinn's a really good coach. Yeah, very, and they're very, very good defensively. Tough. Rudy Gobert, defensive player of the year. Yeah, they're just very good defensively. They're bringing in a no nonsense point guard, yep. Mike Conley, who I love, but I think he's been very undervalued. It's just that he's he's an all star guard. It's just that he's been playing in the West. Yeah, and so there's just so much talent in the West, but. I think that's going to be a great, great fit. Okay. And uh, you bring in Bogdanovich, who could stretch the floor. He can shoot it. He's tough-minded. Um, I just, I think in this, because of where the Warriors are at, you can throw in, obviously, Denver. 
you could throw in Houston. Yes, Houston's the most interesting take because of what's going on with Harden. <laughs> we didn't even talk about ball. them. They're, they're striking down a free agency as well. I mean, they yeah. wanted Jimmy Butler, and they're not getting him. Yeah, and so um, the the it's just going to be a very interesting year. It and, is. And, yeah, and, the West and I, is wide and, open. And for me, and with Donovan Mitchell, and uh, they have a go to guy that, at the end. Bogdanovich is tough minded. Conley's going to make the right basketball play. Yeah. Um, and then you have Rudy Gobert. You got your defensive player of the year, rim protector, and so forth. They're they're a very interesting uh, interesting squad. That's a grinded out squad who yeah. are, are going to play you to the to yeah. The no last one's going to want no one's going to want to play them. No one's going to want to see them in the playoffs. Series, yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, let's move to a former Utah Jazz player moving over to Phoenix for three years, fifty one million. That's Ricky Rubio. Phoenix um, has been trying to find a point guard to put alongside Devin Booker, their star uh, shooting guard out of Kentucky. I mean, Ricky Rubio is a solid addition. Uh, I think they got him for good money, but again, I mean, this is the Suns. They don't, you know, Josh Jackson uh, looks to be, I don't know, I don't know, he's not molding into what he, he should, many thought, I didn't think he's going to be that, but many people thought he's going to be. Um, I agree with you on that. So Phoenix is just, I think they're going to be in a similar scenario to what they were last year. Just a lower level lottery team. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they just, I mean, Devin Booker, I think it's a good move that, um, you know, Ruby's going to bring some experience. He's a true floor general, you know, and so he's going to be, and it just it puts Devin Booker off the ball. Yeah, he's going to get open and, shots. And he's going to get open shots, and we all know that Devin Booker can really shoot it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it'll be a, I mean, but Josh Jackson, that's another kid along the lines of Ben Simmons where at some point he's going to have to become a reliable jump shooter. Yep. He has the athleticism, he has the length, he has all the tools, physical tools, to be a, an elite-type wing in the league. But I think he's, there's maturity there, maturity uh, that he needs to you yep. know, take to a different level, right. another tier, and, uh, you know, and improve as a jump shooter, decision-maker. Yep. You know, and we'll just see the maturity in his game, and hopefully he's working on that. Hopefully, yeah. And then I think one of the most... Oh, un- and then we haven't even talked about DeAndre Ayton. Right, and yeah, DeAndre Ayton's on that team, and he's one of the best... Young, Young big men in the league, right. So, yeah, they're an interesting squad. Yeah, they could be. They, down the line, they could be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move to what I think is one of the most underrated moves of the offseason. Uh, so far is J.J. Redick to New Orleans for two years, $26 million. Now, New Orleans obviously traded you know one of the top five players in the league, Anthony Davis, to the Lakers for a host of players, including Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and a number of draft picks. Now they add a veteran shooter to go alongside Drew Holiday, uh, they added Derek Favors as well uh, from Utah. And that's a big pickup. That's a big pickup after losing that's Julius Randle. That's a very underrated pickup. Underrated right pickup there. New Orleans, I think, is going to be I mean, Zion Williamson. Can't forget that he was drafting a run overall. Uh, that's going to be one of the most fun teams to watch in the NBA. I think as long well, as Lonzo can stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's a key, you know. And I think that's going to be key with Lonzo's career. You know, Lonzo will be in the league as long as he can stay healthy sure. because he just brings so many different things to the table. Um, but they're going to be fun to watch, and it's going to be really interesting to see the dynamic between him, uh, Drew Holiday, and just the you know in terms of sharing the basketball. Because you know Drew, I think Drew's more comfortable off the ball. Okay, um, he's a scorer. Uh, I remember him in high school. Um, I, I mean, he's a competitive. Um, he's an alpha dog mentality. Yeah, yeah. He is not afraid of the moment. I like Drew None Holiday of the a lot. Are no, no, like the holidays that. are that. And I really that's a, something I really appreciate about their games. And Lonzo just wants to facilitate, man. And um, I just and then when you have Zion, Zion's going to be probably the most watched rookie since LeBron James. Yeah. Oh, without uh, a doubt. Without a doubt. And so it's going to be really interesting. How is he going to handle the pressure? Um, he's not a great shooter yet. Um, and so how he fits in that whole system, it's just going to be. I think it might. It's going to take some time. Yeah. Because you have a and then you have JJ Redick, 
And it's just a whole different, a lot of different pieces in there. And you nice. have some good veteran. You got Derek Favors and you have Reddick, the veteran leadership there. And hopefully, and then you have a bunch of new guys coming in. And, you know, Brad, for me, Brandon Ingram's still an enigma. Um, I don't know how good he's going to be. I don't know how much he wants to be good, okay. to be honest with you. And that's just my take on him. Yeah, yeah. Have your um, take. You know, and so uh, that's going to be a really interesting uh, thing to look at. I think Reddick's a nice addition for two reasons. Yeah. Shooting, yes. obviously, and veteran leadership. Yeah. Now, we were talking about Houston being quiet. And he's a tough competitor, too. Yeah, he is. We're talking about Houston being quiet, uh, not getting their guy. But a bombshell just dropped by Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN. You look like you're ready for a serious bombshell, and I'm going to ruin your day. Free agent guard Austin Rivers has re-signed with Houston for two years, $15 million. Austin Rivers still in the league, still making it happen. There's a money available. Young kids, there's money available in the NBA. Get your game right and go get it. Go get it. Let's go to the Lakers. <laughs> Let's go to the Lakers. Um, they're awfully quiet um, so far. And do you think, I mean, that this has to be because they think that they are going to get Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's still on the board. And, you know, he's a, a lot of people like call him an L.A. native. He's not from L.A. He's from mm-hmm. the I.E. Yes. Uh, Moreno Valley. Went to Canyon Springs as a as a freshman, then to uh, Riverside King. Yes. Um. So he's an IE guy. Uh, is he coming home? Uh, is he coming home to the Lakers? Because the Clippers are also in the mix. Raptors, Clippers, Lakers are apparently the the final three. What is he coming back? Well, you know, if you would ask me this, what a couple of weeks ago, uh, and there was there was no even though like I guess Chris Carter. It's very tight with that, um, with their, that side of the, you know, with that program and so forth in terms of uh, Kawhi's leadership okay. and all that and his group and stuff. That there was a possibility that the Lakers were really heavily involved, but they nobody was talking about it. This okay. was like dropped, you know, a couple weeks ago, I think. Um, knowing Kawhi's personality and just knowing him as a kid and so forth, I just didn't think he would go to L.A. Okay, you know, even though anywhere, anywhere, any, in, LA. Okay. anywhere in L.A. because. I don't think Kawhi likes to be part of the limelight. Yep. You know, he doesn't like to be, you know, he just does his thing, which right. is he balls. Yeah, he's And that's plays. what he does. He just plays the game. He's got a great, unbelievable, no-nonsense mentality. Nothing seems to phase him, and he just balls out. Right. Now, going to L.A., obviously the media, the factor, okay. and so forth. But what he does have there, what does make sense is, no matter, even though, you know, Kawhi is one of the top five guys in the league, arguably maybe the two best two-way player in the league at this stage, Look, it's still LeBron's team. Right. LeBron's going to get the media attention. So LeBron, so Kawhi could slip in there and just do his thing, you know. And then there's also Anthony Davis there as well. So I see it more as it happening as at first I was like very skeptical of it happening, but now I'm more like I could see it happening now. Because he because he wanted to join another uh, superstar or whatever it was Jimmy Butler in yeah. one of those destinations, and Butler's not going to one of those destinations. Yeah. So. Obviously, if he wants to join a star, the Lakers are the fit. If he wants to team, uh, the Clippers are the fit, or the Raptors. You stay yeah. home. And now we have uh, Fox Sports Radio host uh, Doug Gottlieb on the line. Doug, thanks for joining us. We're just talking the Lakers. Um, you were satisfied with your message. What? I guess we have don't have Doug Gottlieb. My bad. Uh, that was his voicemail. Doug is supposed to join. I'm going to try and give him a buzz again. But, yeah, I mean. Kyrie Irving, I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers makes sense. Kawhi Leonard yes. to Toronto makes sense. Kawhi yes. Leonard to Lakers, it all makes sense. But he's one of those guys where he doesn't show his hand. He doesn't oh, show his hand. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, you figure if if he really loved it in Toronto, 
you just won the the world championship. How could you not just stay with that team? Right. You have um, Pascal, whatever, Siakam. And, uh, Siakam yep. You know, that's an emerging top twenty player in the league. Uh, you know, Kyle Lowry, no nonsense point guard. You know, obviously, um, great GM. Yeah. Great GM that everybody's after and so forth. Masai Ujiri, yeah, everyone's trying to, to pry him away from pry Toronto. Pry him away from Toronto. So, um, and they did an unbelievable job putting that team together. And so if you really loved it in Toronto, why would you just, just resign in, you know, five years, whatever, and just ride it out? I, I mean, so there's obviously something there. If he hasn't done that, L.A. seems to be the place that he wants to be. Right. So what do, they, what do the Lakers look like? All these big time, we, we've discussed so many of these guys off the board already. All these free agents off the board. What do the Lakers look like if Kawhi goes to the Clippers or Kawhi goes to Toronto? I mean, it's LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, who they bought into the second round to take him. <laughs> what do they look like? I think they just signed Troy Daniels. Uh, he's a he's a respectable shooter. Yeah, not not a, like a, a slam dunk. You know, <clears throat> a guy who everyone is like, oh oh damn, like that's a legit signing. What do they look like? Um. Are you talking about the Clippers? No, I'm talking about the Lakers. The Lakers. Well, you Who know, cares it's, about the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's it's interesting too. I mean, I think I bring into how much influence is Frank Vogel going to have in all of this? Sure. And then because he's when his with his Indiana teams, I thought they were solid, tough-minded, tough defensively, and so forth. And they had you know Paul George, David West, and all those guys, Lance, the crazy Lance Stevenson, yeah. and all that. You know how much influence is he going to have? Because I think. Kawhi's that no-nonsense guy. Kawhi, I think Kawhi can play for any coach. He can. Yeah. I agree. And so how is that going to fit with – and I think Kawhi can play with anybody. you know. And I think LeBron is willing at this stage of his – see, I think where Magic made a mistake was he thought – and I think he might have even tweeted this out. This, we're not <laughs> recruiting the, the Cleveland LeBron James. Well, you are, and you did. Mm -hmm. Because LeBron, I've watched him since. He was a sophomore in high school. LeBron is, is who he is. Like the old saying, guys born round don't die square. Right. Paul uh, LeBron is a point forward, point guard. I like to call him point guard. He's in the distribute. And so you bring in Lance Stevenson, you bring in Michael Beasley, you bring in these like players that no, you gotta get shooters. Right. I mean, I me and Ronnie have discussed this ad nauseum. Okay. It's like the <clears throat> the roster that they put together last year was just absolutely Bizarre. atrocious. Bizarre. What were they thinking? Rajon Rondo yeah. to go with LeBron James and, and Lonzo Ball? And you got uh, Brandon Ingram, who's the biggest ball stopper you can find. And, like, LeBron controls everything. You need to yeah. put shooters around him. You need to put J – like, for as, mm. as crazy or wh whatever you want to call him as J.R. Smith is, like, J.R. Smith can shoot, and he worked he, he well can. with, with LeBron. LeBron. Kevin Love turned into a great shooter. Yeah. Kyrie Irving could score. He was so good yeah. at scoring that, that it, didn't, it didn't matter that he needed the ball in his hands because yeah. he could play off the ball. You get in the ball, yeah. you go get a bucket. Yeah. That team last year the, the Lakers put together was awful. Yeah. And so, uh, hey, throw Kawhi in there. But now I'm, I am concerned because I thought in the in going into this free agency, I'm like, hey, okay, they have LeBron, they have Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. Go get a Wayne Ellington. Go get JJ Redick. Go get shooters. <coughs> Those two guys you just mentioned are off the board. Are off the board. Who's now. left? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm drawing to, a blank. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank as well. So I, I don't know. They're they're taking a major risk in this time, but you know it's. You're like you said, they're gonna have to sign one year guys, right? You know, um, and then just try and try and refocus for next year's free agency. I mm -hmm. I have no idea how how that goes, but um, yeah, it's it's just and weird. LeBron, so, let's just yeah. get straight. LeBron's in a two year window. 
maybe okay. three. Okay. But I'm guessing a two-year window with Anthony Davis right. in terms of them bringing a title home. Okay. I mean, he's 34 years old, a lot of mileage. Now, he's, <clears throat> he's a physical freak and an anomaly that we've never seen before. But I, I, I see two years with, with him playing at this kind of level. Interesting. I mean, he, he got hurt, legitimately hurt for like pretty much the first time this year. Yeah, he missed, first time. missed a whole bunch of games. A significant amount of games, 17, I believe. Yeah, and that's, I mean, not a great sign. He's, you know, 34 going mm-hmm. on, or 35 now. 34 going on 35 and that's, in uh, February or December, wherever his birthday is. That's, uh, winter time. that's, that's not encouraging. <clears throat> that's not encouraging at all. Um, but so say the, that Kawhi lands with the Lakers, they sign him. You got three of the best five players in the world. Absolutely. It, are they immediately <clears throat> title contenders? Can't miss to come out of the West with those three guys. With those three guys, and then Kuzma, obviously one of the best young scoring players in the NBA. And then, I mean, you got to fill out a roster somehow. But yeah. with those those four guys, what do you think? For me, and, and and barring injury, I don't see how they'd not come out of the West. Okay, I you know, you know they might start off slow chemistries, but people talked about the high screen and roll with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Okay, you know and LeBron's. I mean, he's had pick and pop guys, but we all know LeBron's one of the elite, if not the best passer in the game. Right. You know, he's gonna and he's gonna set up. I mean, Kawhi's. You know, you can give the ball to Kawhi. Kawhi will get a bucket. I right. mean, they're gonna have so many options in terms of and ways to beat teams no matter how they come at them defensively right because of the elite level type of players they have it's a and scary anthony davis, and anthony davis can step out and shoot oh yeah I'll, he's a he's a pick and pop yeah. or pick and roll guy yeah. i mean and he's six eleven, seven feet we yeah. got Kawhi six and Kawhi's improved his shot as he yeah. come into the league so oh, yeah. i mean yeah i don't see how they don't unless i mean it depends obviously you got to fill those role guys in and who would not want to for me if I'm like, you know, a late a guy in my career and stuff, like, hey, let's go win a title. Yeah. You know, because it's like, it's all about championships now. And you take, that's a thing where you take less money to go win a title yes. in LA, mm-hmm. right? And bring kind of the glory back to a franchise um, that has been without glory for quite some time. And instead of Doug Gottlieb, we got one better because Doug didn't answer. Ronnie Flores, co host of the In the Paint Show, answering straight from the 702. Ronnie, what's the latest, man? What are the Lakers doing, bro? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, what's up, Ronnie? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when you look at this as well, obviously yesterday was a crazy day. Um, you know, I think what, are the Lakers just waiting to like make create another big three? Or is like Kawhi just being silent? Is he? Most people think he's going to stay in Toronto. I mean, the Lakers are smart in the in the sense of why pay money to guys when you're just building around a few guys, and all you're going to do is just sign a bunch of other guys to minimum minimum contracts because. Basically, that's all you're trying to do is when you gut at this roster is, is just fill it with two great players or potentially three and just a bunch of players that are going to take the minimum because they want to play with those guys. I so, just don't see what else, what else, you know, what else they could be doing. Right. So if the Lakers, okay, say Kawhi Leonard faxes in his decision, uh, <laughs> he probably, he's probably going to do or, or announces it on, uh, on Twitter, whatever he's going to do. If he announces for the Lakers, are they the immediate championship favorite? Yeah, I think like we mentioned on, on previous pods, you know, the, the injuries there in the finals completely changed the complexion of, um, you know, the whole, I guess, the free agency market and this upcoming season. Because, you know, like uh, the Nets fans are just all, everybody's like, oh, well, the Knicks are, you know, in purgatory. The Nets are the, the rising team. But it's like the guy, Kevin Durant, 
one, he's not going to play next year. And two, we don't know how good he's going to be when he comes back. Right. You know, so that's the, the main thing. I think the Lakers would be. And then obviously Golden State, his team is weakened by not having Kevin Durant, which they weren't going to have anyway. And then a few other other veterans are leaving. So, yeah, I would think it's crazy how quickly the Lakers' fortunes has turned around. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see, you know, other teams – you know, people were talking about the Clippers and a few other teams making moves, but I mean, it looks like at the end of the day, the Lakers are looking coming out pretty smart. Okay, so next next question is: If the Lakers do not get Kawhi Leonard, he goes back to Toronto, or he lands with the Clippers, now now what do they look like? Is it more open and for teams like Portland, uh, Golden State, uh, Utah, Denver, Denver, uh, Houston? Those now now we have a whole lot more parity, um, and do the Lakers even make the playoffs? Yeah, I think though at the end of the day, if they have a healthy AD, they'll make the playoffs as long as they get, you know, a shooter, a de- even a decent shooter. Yeah, you know, they'll they'll make the playoffs. Um, I do think if Kawhi Leonard does stay, like you said, it opens up more possibility for any a number of teams to. It'd be more exciting in that terms. I think if Kawhi does go to the Lakers, all the focus and attention is going to be on that. You know, like all season long mm-hmm. can the Lakers win 70 games can the Lakers right. you know that's going to be the focus but the, uh, the the fallback is if to have parity the NBA is going to focus on that that would be great too I, I think um the NBA wins either way they're just keep for whatever however they're doing it they keep the public in, in entertained and in, in ingrained in what they're doing and it just drowns out everything else you know that could be going on whether it's uh you know even like the, the women's soccer world cup or a, a baseball pennant race or the, you know, home runs flying off the bat, that kind of thing. It's just, this just overtakes everything, you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting to watch and because like, look, look at for, for our level, what we do like July, it's so much, um, you know, unanswered questions. How is this going to work? You know, what is, what's going on with these camps and in, in, at the end of the month? But like right now, all everybody's talking about is like, where is Kawhi going? What is the Lakers doing? It's for a team that's been terrible. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, you and I have, have ripped on the Lakers for how many we've done. This is like the 29th podcast, I think. And almost every show, there's something, something bad going on with the Lakers. Now, Magic Johnson steps down in that, that uh, emotional uh, staged press conference that he did. Uh, you know, crying and all that, and now, now apparently he's involved talking to Kawhi's uncle about that. Like, is it good to have Magic Johnson involved in this after all that's gone down? I, I, <laughs> I it's kind of like, whoa, well, you know, what are we doing here? But I, I think now, obviously, we mentioned it before, like if me or Joel or you came on uh, a broadcast or did something dumb or tweeted something real dumb, like we'd be hammered. You yeah. know what I mean? But I think Magic Johnson is—he's had it pretty much his whole adult life. Uh, what he can—he can do what others can't. We we obviously know that, you know. Yeah. So I think uh, NBA players still look to him, you know, as may wait for like you know secondary advice or just for for, for things that uh, a non-player can't do or at his at his level, you know. Okay, it's um, his influence. Yeah, it's his influence. So I, I think that. It still bodes well for the Lakers. I, I, you know, he's always he only played for the Lakers. I mean, he has an affinity for the city. He wants to see the city do well, you know, or whether you know the employees, of, whether it's the Lakers, probably and, uh, and other things related to the Lakers. So, 
or, or LA sports in general. So that, it's pretty little wild, but it's not surprising because I don't think people, you know, they kind of quickly glossed over the fact that what he did was kind of weird and, and <laughs> that whole couple of days with, I didn't talk to Jeannie and the impromptu press conference. Like, it's almost like old in, in the Twitter world and in the social media world, it's almost like ancient times. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it feels, or, like, it feels like that happened years ago now. I mean, with all the stuff yeah. that's already gone on. Let's uh let's move over to the East. Ronnie, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan to Brooklyn. Uh, the Knicks thought that uh, they were going to get. Hey, Ronnie, let me let me give you a buzz back, buddy. Uh, Doug's calling right now. I'm going to get him on. Okay, guys. Thanks, bud. Yep. Doug, we got you. Yeah. My friend, thanks for joining us, man. So we were just talk. We were just talking Lakers. Um, Kawhi Leonard, where is he going? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the whole. Yeah. You know what's amazing is like here's a dude who supposedly doesn't like drama, and you know he's holding like the dramatic effect. Right. Yeah, he's holding the keys to to all the drama right now. So. The Lakers are holding out right now to, to try and, you know, get him. All these other free agents are, are signing their respective deals. Um, if the Lakers do not get Kawhi Leonard, what does that team look like? Well, I mean, I think you're going to have uh, Andre Godala. He'll get bought out okay. here in Memphis. Okay. You'll have J.R. Smith. He'll get bought out in Cleveland or somewhere. Okay. Um, you know, I, I've been, I know people in the organization, I've been a proponent of going to the European market. You know, you, you need guys that'll make shots, guys that know how to just contain the basketball. Uh, I don't think that's out of the question, but um, I think you become, you know, you start to offer up to, we want Carmelo Anthony. You know, you get sure. all these guys that are on the market for minimums. And then, you know, you might be able to, you know, you're going to have a mid-level exception, but I don't know who's left for mid-level exception. Yeah. You know, I have to... I actually have a couple of different teams, free agent rosters. I mean, the Darren Collison thing threw everybody for a loop. Yeah. Yeah, you know, been nice piece. Coll- yeah, I mean, I think Chicago thought they had a shot. The Lakers thought they had a shot. And what happens is, and, you know, you guys know this from recruiting, you know, you just kind of go down your board. And if number one's not there, who was mm-hmm. going to, you know, guy wasn't going to Arizona, but now Arizona's going to take somebody they don't normally take, and that, that kills everybody else in the pecking order. Right. So the Collison thing is a really, really weird thing. Um, but I mean, look, the, the fact that the Lakers are in it this long, and I know this is again, kind of like recruiting, like everybody always talks about how you came in second place. Like nobody cares. If you, we almost got him. Like, don't care if you almost signed a guy, um, <laughs> yeah, you got to sign him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I do think that for the Lakers, considering the PR hits they've taken, this is a good couple of steps here, you know? Yep. Uh, they, they didn't have to part ways with one of their two young players, that they really liked. And now they have two of the top five players in the league. They're at least in the hunt for the guy. I think I consider the best player in the league. So, okay. you know, the other part is like, and maybe you want to whisper this cause it might happen. Do they actually fit together? Yeah. We were just discussing that. Um, I think Davis is a, as a pick and pop fits because it opens a lane for, for LeBron and then Kawhi's a much improved uh, mid range and three point shooter since he became, came in the league. So, Maybe, as long as LeBron has the ball in his hands? Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, LeBron is kind of, everything goes through him. Yep. And, which is weird because Kawhi kind of played this year, everything went through him. Yep, I agree. Uh, but Le- LeBron's not, he's not athletic enough to be a point guard defensively. And I don't think he wants to be a point guard every time up. Um, 
he really likes playing with stretch fives, and Anthony Davis can shoot, but it's not what he does best. Right. I don't know. I just has anybody taken a breath to go like, hey, these guys, these parts actually fit together. Uh, that that part we don't know. Interesting. That's an interesting thought. So if if the Lakers makeup is without Kawhi Leonard, he goes to Toronto, goes to uh, the Clippers. Uh, is is this still a title contending team? Because we know with Kawhi Leonard in the fold, it's a title contending team. But LeBron. AD Kuzma and whoever they sign at, at you know smaller deals in in one years and you know get Iguodala potentially on a buyout is this a title contending team? I guess I mean I think we have to lower expectations what a title contending team is right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like Houston would probably be the favorite by default. I think Oklahoma City people are underrating a little bit. Okay. Um, just because you know Paul George wasn't healthy and. They had a matchup because Nurkic got hurt. Portland played small, and it was a tough matchup for Oklahoma City. I think Oklahoma City mm-hmm. is much better than how they finished the year, how they finished in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But and Golden State is going to be a shell of their former self. So yeah, I think they're a kind of contending team. Are they a favorite? No, I'd say Houston would be the favorite. Okay. Um, I think Toronto would be in there. I kind of confused by what the Sixers are doing. Like, I like Al Horford. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We were talking, yeah. Well, you need Al Horford and Joel Embiid. Right. And then, if you're worried about Joel Embiid breaking down, that's cool, but Al Horford's going to be 35 and 36 last year's of that deal. Like, isn't he just as likely to break down? Like, I don't, I don't really get that. Um, so, yeah, I'd say, I mean, I mean, no one's without flaw. They'd still be a title contending. We'd have to see what else they can put together. Sure. Like, how creative they actually can be is is going to be would be fascinating me. Sure. Let's go to the Warriors. Uh, they made the uh, three-team deal um, and, and brought D'Angelo Russell back uh, west and then Iguodala, obviously, to, to Memphis, and he's probably going to be uh, short-lived there. What is You said the Warriors are going to be a shell of the, their former selves. Clay Thompson's coming off an ACL injury. Um, is this You think this is the full-on end of that Warriors dynasty, quote-unquote? No, I think this okay. is like a, like a gap year in, okay. in school. Like, look. D'Angelo Russell has mightily improved his stock. He was a turd when he was with the Lakers. <laughs> you know, he was like yeah. the worst kind of worst kind. Of, he's talented, but not so talented that he was really that good. He was young, but immature enough to think he knew everything and didn't practice hard. And then he was just kind of a negative vortex that pulled everybody else in. So, uh, you know, and he was part of what was a great culture with the Brooklyn Nets. That's kind of the most bizarre thing is like they're known for their culture and how they. You know, they share the ball, they share the spotlight, and now you're going to add a guy who, and, and you're going to add Kyrie Irving, which is kind of confusing <laughs> in terms of how they're, how they're viewed. But um, but D'Angelo's a pick-and-roll guy. So when he came out, I don't know how you guys viewed him, when he came out, I said, like, I think he's kind of a hybrid of Steph and James Harden. Obviously, I overrated him. Sure. <laughs> um, but I thought he wasn't as, wasn't as quick or as good a shooter as Steph. Um, and he wasn't as big and as good downhill as James Harden, but wasn't a point, could make shots, and could make plays off a ball screen. I don't know if you saw this stat. Tom Havistro had it. He was involved in more ball screen action than almost the entire Warriors combined. Wow. Like the Warriors use ball screens the least yeah. amount of times of any yeah. team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And you're going to bring in a guy who does everything off a ball screen just strikes me as odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that is kind of weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of confused by it. Um, 
you know, Mark Stein says, look, this is, again, like a gap year. They're going to use it to take some of the usage rate off of staff, which makes sense because everybody's worried about staff getting worn down this year. And then, you know, assuming Clay gets back healthy and they figure out what they want to do, then they, they probably move D'Angelo Russell either this year or next year, or uh, next offseason or next year, okay. which, which would probably make some sense. Um, so I'll admit that D'Angelo Russell has mightily improved, and he had several suitors. But this one, in terms of fit and how they played, strikes me as peculiar, to say the least. Hey, Doug, what do you mean, like, you know, you're worried about Because we were talking about that. This is Joel Francisco here. Um, we were talking about the usage rate of uh, Steph Curry and the fact that this year, you know, with the Warriors not having Clay till probably February or March, are they, like, what what minutes are you looking at here for Steph Curry? Minute choose. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's, it's going to be hard. The whole league is going to be going through this, right? Because yeah. This is what happens is you get confirmation bias. You're like, oh, well, Kawhi – you know, they, they shut him down so often, that's the way to win championship. Which, okay, but in fairness, if the ball doesn't go in against Philadelphia in Game 7, you know, or if the Warriors don't have, like, a ridiculous litany of injuries, do they win it, and do we use usage rate as, you know, some yeah. teaching point for every other team? Mm-hmm. Um, but to Steph specifically, like, look, I don't think it's a secret to anybody who actually pays attention that he can wear down. Absolutely, not, we talked about that. He's small. Yeah. Yep. And, and people beat now, they beat the crap out of more in the playoffs, but one of the reasons he's had some wild swings in the playoffs has to be fatigue. And, like, dude, if you watched him in the finals, like, what, you don't think everybody else is going to gang up on him? Yeah. So I do think, remember, like, the secret to Steph Curry is he's not really a point guard, but he can play point guard. Andre Iguodala is not a point guard, but can play point guard. Uh, Dan, uh, um, Draymond Green is not a point guard, but he can play point guard. Uh you know, KD is really their point guard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you have you had all these other guys that could bring the ball up the floor, take the burden off him, and because he's in the conversation of one of the best point guards in the league and probably the best two guard in the league as well. Guy come you know, he and he and uh Clay coming off screens and you know, if you if you take K D out, you take Andre Godala out, now how do you play small? Right, because the secret to them has been their small ball lineup, and Iguodala could guard one through four, or right. maybe one through five, and Draymond could. And then without KD, that provides no ability to throw the ball to somebody else and just let Steph and Clay kind of rest. That was what KD brought to them, which they didn't have to. Like the whole ball movement thing is awesome, but there's a limit to it. You just get tired. Sure. And um, you know, you can take Clay, KD, Andre Iguodala all off that team, and like he may get forty, but he's going to get exhausted doing it. And that's what so we're talking yeah, about. I think it's a legit concern. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they're going to give up. I mean, one hundred and twenty points, and I mean, NBA the scoring is already trending upwards. But you take away your best perimeter defender, and Andre Iguodala, Kevin Durant is an improved shot blocker, in my opinion. Um, and then Draymond Green's not a rim protector, so you're. I mean, you're. And Clay Thompson. And Clay Thompson's one of the best on-ball defenders and team defenders in the NBA. So they're going to have to outscore. You know every single team they play each and every night, and I, I don't see that happening. Um, well, let me let me just add this yeah, one yeah. thing, and, and this is a this is an important. And you guys, being basketball guys, understand this. So one of the things that actually will help uh, having D'Angelo Russell is taking Andre Iguodala and probably Sean Livingston off this team. They're not going to be able to play small ball as much. So when you play big, now that creates the old one five pick and roll, yeah. and that gives. That, that's what Steph needs. You know, it's 
it's one of the secrets to why Chris Paul uh, struggled at the end of games in the playoffs with the Rockets because they were playing with PJ Tucker as their five. Well, if PJ Tucker's your five, there's no, there, there's no, you don't have to put a five man on the floor, so there's no mismatch for Chris Paul. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. you have Clint Capella on the floor, now you got to put your five on the floor, and that's what Chris Paul needs. Chris Paul needs DeMarcus Cousins. Chris Paul needs DeAndre Jordan. Yep. He gets that five, five man on him. Now he's quick enough to go buy him. He gets anybody else on him, and his age shows. Yep. So I do think that they could become more of a ball screen heavy team with their kind of evolving lineup and how, and how it looks. But I, it's also a departure from who they've been. Okay. Hey, one quick, um, I want to add. You know, like you're mentioning that with the Houston Rockets being the favorites. What about the the whole cultural uh, situation they got going on with Paul and Harden? How that could affect them Seems going like a forward? Mess, right? Yeah. Chris Paul doesn't like to start. Chris Paul doesn't like watching James Harden dribble the ball around incessantly. Like, <laughs> join the um, yeah, I think that said, like, look, I think they have a mix of a bunch of things. Yeah. You know, they've been close two years. They finally felt like they had him last year and lost. They've, they've also lost at home. Their last game it lost is at home the last four years, I think. Like, yeah. It's one thing to lose, not to lose in somebody else's building. Like, man, if we had it at home, dude, they lost at home four straight years. Yeah. And then, you know, the way that, um, the way in which they lost, I think, as, as well, you know, missing 27 straight threes. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> this year, this year, you know, they don't have, you know, the, the Warriors don't have KD, and so you have a new owner, and the new owner's like, wait a second, you told me it was going to be better next year when KD's gone, you played without KD, and you lost to him twice, so, um, you know, I I think everybody's just really tight because they know the window is close to being closed. That said, you look around, and you're like, all right, but if we just run it back, Warriors aren't as good, Lakers are, you know, they got like right now two pieces the Clippers, we'll see. Nobody really buys them. The Clippers being a championship team. You know, everybody likes the Jazz's roster, mm-hmm. but, you know, again, yeah. I believe when I see it, you know, Russell Westbrook shoots too much and too low a percentage. And, so, you know, do you agree? Like, I feel like he's does, on the does decline, it feel too. Very flammable? Does it feel flammable? Yeah, it feels super flammable, but that doesn't mean it won't work. Yeah, yeah. Let's move over to the East, Doug, real quick. Uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan heading to Brooklyn. Uh, you know, the Knicks fans were posting a lot of uh, you know little edits with jersey swaps with Ky- uh, Zion, Kyrie, and, and KD um, before the draft, and none of that happened. So if you're a Knicks fan, what the hell is going on? How do you explain this? Well, look, I don't know what's real and what's not, and okay. I'm sure eventually it'll all come out and wash. But if James Dolan had concerns over KD's Achilles tendon, right. I actually think that makes James Dolan pretty smart. If you know, and I, and I happen to know a good deal about the history of the Knicks, my late dad, father was a, my late father was a huge Knicks fan, and um, I mean, if you go back historically over the last twenty years, they have a ton of times in which they signed players. Eddie Curry, heart issue, you know, they couldn't insure. Amari Stoudemire's knee was screwed up. Mm-hmm. Um, Katino Mobley had the heart issue. You know, Christos Porzingis. You know, his knee surgery didn't go well. I mean, you got to kind of go back. Penny Hardaway was never right physically. Like, you start going back through other guys, you're like, damn. Like, and even Carmelo, who he's got his own issues. Like, remember, Carmelo missed parts of his last three years because of lingering issues and mm-hmm. lingering injury issues. Some of it was they were tanking, but some of it was he was legit hurt and worn down at that point in his career. So, 
uh, you know, look, it's a four-year deal, and Kevin Durant wasn't going to play the first year. Right. So I'm paying you $140 million for three years, and you're in your mid-30s, and you're coming off an Achilles tendon tear. You've had two broken feet and a pull, and several pulled calf muscles. Like, I don't, I don't love it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I don't think it's crazy. And I actually don't – I'm, I'm not convinced that R.J. Barrett is going to be what I thought he would be coming out of high school or whatever, you know, the Canadian national team. But, you know, there are people that are, and at least they're not going and, and you know, giving uh, Terry Rozier $18 million a year who's right. a backup player, you know. They're going to build around – they're young guys, and let's see what they have, and they'll 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 live to fight another day. It yeah. sucks, but because Kyrie apparently made the decision he wasn't coming, you know, Kyrie uh, probably don't want to play for James Dolan. Put KD in a weird spot. Put James Dolan in a weird spot, and you know, maybe I don't want to. I, I don't want. I don't want something that's you know kind of. I have no idea the level of health of. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even Kyrie Irving, man, he's yeah. go back and look. He's had a ton of injuries for sure, and that neat thing he had in Boston. Um, they took out three screws. One of them was infected. That's why he missed all the end of last year. Those things, th- th- those screws go bad, and your knee kind of deteriorates. So there, there's no, there's no guarantee his health is going to be good. So I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the dumbest thing on earth. But I do think, considering how much hope there was in New York, you start to realize how. How hard it is to play the free agency game and the tanking game. Sure, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, you know, Durant's injuries, uh, Kyrie's injury history. Let's take out this year, this upcoming season, because Kevin's not going to play. Um, move to 2020, 2021. What does Brooklyn look like? DeAndre Jordan's there as well. Um, KD uh, and Kyrie, do they fit together? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess so. I mean, one goes ISO on one side of the floor, one goes ISO on the other. <laughs> so depending on style of play, do they, they fit together or not? Are both going to be happy? I don't know. Are those guys ever happy? <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. Happy. Okay. I think KD will be plenty happy. I can't tell you about Kyrie Irving. Okay. I mean, look, Kyrie strikes me as a super bright guy. Um, they both search, they're both like kind of the curse of youth, wealth, and intelligence, right? Like they're smart, but they've been told they're smart. They're talented, but they've been told they're talented. They've been told the world is their oyster and they're taking advantage of it. And sometimes to their own detriment, you know, instead of just kind of being and yeah. being present. And uh, I think those guys struggle with it. So, um, you know, it's interesting that the Nets have been here before. They wanted Darren Williams and Dwight Howard. And Dwight Howard hurt his back and ultimately went and signed with the Lakers and was never has never been the same player. Mm-hmm. And, and Darren Williams did lead him to the playoffs. They did make a little playoff run. Um, so we'll see what happens in this case. Okay. Okay. Let's move to Philly. Al Horford, uh, four years, $109 million. Tobias, ha- Tobias Harris. Yeah, exactly. You touched on this a little bit earlier. Tobias Harris, five years, $180 million. I mean, they got Ben Simmons, 6'10". Joel Embiid, seven-footer. Tobias Harris, 6'8". Al Horford, 6'9", 6'10". And then you got Josh Richardson coming up from Miami, a 6'6 shooting guard. I mean, who's spreading the floor? Because we know Simmons can't do that. No, I mean, they're going to have to just go and get, you know, minimum contract guaranteed shooters. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they move one of their other pieces. Maybe this is a, a move to move Simmons or Embiid. I don't know. I wouldn't move either of those two guys, even if they do have concerns. They have, you know, almost limitless potential. But it just does strike me as weird. You know, Elton Brown's an experienced GM. That doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Do you think 
this upcoming season, they are an East favorite if, you know, Kawhi heads West? Um, yeah, I mean, like, look, I do think Ben Simmons eventually will be able to shoot. Okay. Uh, it's only his, he's only been in the league for two years, mm-hmm. and if you track most of these guys, they struggle to. This thing's weird is that you just won't take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's and I don't know, like you know, I had this problem in college where I was just, you know, I was so convinced I wasn't going to make it. All of a sudden, I just wouldn't take it. The guy starts sagging off you. He's so big, it gives him complete carte blanche to see the court, but in the playoffs, it's a little bit harder. So I don't know, man. Um, I do think that. Jimmy Butler has been a guy that's been kind of a culture killer. Yeah. They got rid of him. Tobias mm-hmm. Harris has been a culture builder, so they kept him. You know, uh, you know, I'm not not totally convinced that Brett Brown is great a guy as he is. This is the, wasn't the job he was actually hired for, and it makes it a little bit harder. But they have more talent than anybody else in the East. There's no reason they shouldn't be competing for a title. Okay, and that brings us kind of to the Celtics. Now you, you take Kyrie Irving off that team, and you bring Kemba Walker onto the team. Joel and I agree they're kind of a similar ball dominant lead guard, quote unquote, scoring guard kind of guy. Do you yes. think do you think Kemba Walker, I guess, fits the Brad Stevens culture with that young core better than a Kyrie Irving did? I guess we'll find out. I think the answer is we, we think yes. Okay. But, you know, like let's not kid ourselves. Kemba is not as talented as Kyrie Irving. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, he's not. And he's older. And you know, and he's never played really meaningful. Very, I think he's played one playoff series. He's never really played meaningful basketball. Sure. Years. Yeah. And it's a completely different sport, you know. So, uh, I'm interested to see. You know, I, I do think that some of the truths of, of what's going on in Boston come out in that they, I, I, I consider Brad's a personal friend, and I'm friendly with several people in that staff. But there was a there was a bit of a gap between the staff and the players. And, you know, like, you can't have all basketball dorks on the staff. you got to have guys that are, you know, that have done it, that have respect within the locker room. Because you had some young guys, some huge egos, and they struggle to control it. Okay. Interesting. That's an interesting point. Uh, last thing for you before we let you go, Doug. Um, New Orleans is kind of an interesting team now. Uh, they yeah. get they get JJ Redick. They get the, the veteran shooter presence. They get Derek Favors, who's a nice pickup as a veteran and a, and a productive player. Then you, you obviously trade Davis for Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, multiple draft picks. Uh, you have Drew Holiday coming back, a solid player. Obviously, we know him from his days out here as a high school player and at UCLA. Um, are, are the Pelicans a legit playoff-bound team if, you know, all this works out? It all depends on Lonzo Ball. Okay. You know? You can stay can healthy. He, one, can he stay healthy? Two, can he become a decent shooter? Okay. And three, can he... Does he understand one of the frustrations the Lakers had with him was he just deferred too much. He's an unbelievable advanced passer. That said, like, hey, dude, we drafted you number two overall because we want you to make a play at the end of a shot clock, not just hot potato the basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, that's cool that you want to defer to everybody else in the team, but this is actually your job. So he's way too passive when he drives. Um, he needs to, needs massive improvement on his finishing shots. He has become an elite-level athlete, an elite-level defender and rebounder, and he's always had spectacular vision. But you got to be able to score to keep people honest, uh, both penetrating the basket and from three. And so we'll see. If he, if he becomes a top 10, top 15 point guard, absolutely positively they should be a playoff-bound team. Okay. Um, I, I, what do they have for rim protection? I, I got to – Yeah, um, I mean, I'm – I'm I'm thinking that now. I don't I don't see anything. I don't think they're going to be a very good uh, defensive well, team at the rim. Going to play small ball five. 
five. Yeah. But, but when they play big ball, I don't know. You know, I like Jackson Hayes for the long-term future, but not short-term. Right. And I also think, like, let's not kid ourselves. J.J. Reddick, J.J. Reddick's like 37 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yep. he's old. Right? Like, they overpaid for J.J. Reddick. Sure. Mm-hmm. So they paid for leadership and for shot-making. But J.J.'s hard to hide on defense, man. And if he's not making shots, he doesn't have a lot of value. So I, do I like what David Griffin's done? Yeah, he inherited a mess, and they have a lot of hope. They have the best player in the draft. They got an elite young point guard potentially, um, but there's also there's also a lot of it doesn't mean that it's a finished product yet. Okay, is there an under the radar move that you've seen so far that you think is uh, is not getting enough attention? Utah. Yeah, we we were talking about that too. We agree. Uh, Con- and I'll give you another one, Phoenix. Yeah, with with Rubio. With Rubio. Yeah, like I, I you know, Rubio is as good as we thought he'd be. But Ruby is a damn good point guard. Mm-hmm. Yep. They need a point guard. Mm-hmm. They need somebody who gets everybody, makes everybody else better. They got plenty of scores in that team. Ruby is a good pickup. Doug Gottlieb, Fox Sports Radio host, Tustin High School legend. We appreciate you joining the show, man. Anytime, guys. Hey, thanks a lot, Doug. Have a good one. So obviously, Doug always brings an interesting perspective because he knows people in the league. He yeah. Has played at the highest of college levels. Played was a big time high school guy. You remember Doug? Yeah. In high school. Let's transition into kind of the final closeout thing that we're doing here. Things that we look for when we're evaluating talent. So we, you and I have seen, you mostly have seen most of these guys at the high school level. I've seen a majority of these guys at, at the high school level and beyond. Um, what kind of player, let's start with this. What kind of player was Doug Gottlieb at Tustin High School? Uh, I mean, Doug was, uh, he, I mean, he was the prototypical true, true point guard. Okay you know, mentored, you know, and obviously um, his dad taught him the nuances of the game. His dad was a great coach, uh, Bob Gottlieb. And, uh, and he was hard on Doug and, but Doug was, Doug was about making the right basketball play. Okay. And, um, and he was, he had the quintessential two-handed chess pass, bam, just right on the money and, uh, you know, jump stops, just getting guys, changing speeds with the ball and so forth and um and hard-nosed competitor you know high iq hard-nosed competitor and i remember the turning point um and doug will probably remember this if he's is listening uh back i'm frank uh, frank barroso and i were there we were at santa valley high school and uh, santa valley I, santa Ana valley high school had a point guard made the name illusion of man mm-hmm. and illusion of man was a schoolboy you know prodigy yeah you know coming up with shea cotton and all these guys and um and going into, and Doug was, you know, under the radar. And, but by the time Doug became a junior and we were at that game and Illusion of Man was there and he was playing, Doug thoroughly, as we kicked his butt. Yeah. At both ends of the floor. Okay. It's team one. And, um, and we, it was really interesting. You saw the ascension of Doug Gottlieb and you saw, unfortunately, the dissension of uh, that Illusion of Man never became the player that we always thought he was going to be. Okay. What do you, so Ronnie and I have kind of touched on this before, but. We're in a, an era, Joel, in, in, in high school, club, AAU, basketball, whatever you want to call it, even down in the middle school now where with social media and mixtapes um, and all, all these things, it, it, it kind of hides th- certain things about the game. Mm-hmm. kind of hides the, the weaknesses of, of games. It hides uh, helping kids get better and, and mm-hmm. kids aren't as uh, open to constructive criticism as maybe they were mm-hmm. in the past or, or whatever because they've, they believe they've arrived before they've arrived. Mm-hmm. What are some things when you sit down and watch a game that you don't know a player? Okay, You sit down and watch a game, mm-hmm. you don't know who's playing. 
what are the things you mm. look for on the court uh, when you're evaluating? Well, I mean, I think the first and foremost, I think we can agree on the things that stand out, um, athletic, you know, how athletic burst. Sure. Athletic, you know, this the, the body types yeah. and so forth. And then once that's out of the way, you know, we feel like who are the best athletes out here making the plays and so forth, you know, quickness and all that, then I immediately go into decision-making, you know, um, and skill too. Obviously okay. skill is going to be, you know, like shooting mechanics, being able to r- dribble right, left, first, either way. Uh, feel for the game, savvy in terms of decision making, and then I think the latest thing that I think I've come, I've taken more um, seriously in terms of is um, watching their character, their demeanor on yeah. the court, how hard a kid is playing. Uh, we talk about the high motor and so forth, um, and in terms of how they're interacting with their teammates. And I think you saw, and it's you know at the highest level in the NBA draft, um, how much they love the game and so forth. That's the research. GMs now, NBA scouts are doing now, and all the way down to the you know college coaches and so forth. When I get phone calls and so forth, hey, what kind of kid is he? Mm-hmm. Um, does he love the game? Does he work hard? Is he a good kid? He's a good teammate and so forth. So I think character is another aspect that's become very important in my evaluation. Yeah, I mean, you and I are both guys who have at one time or another received calls from an NBA mm-hmm. front office about mm-hmm. you know local guys or whoever mm-hmm. about character. Do they work hard? What's their practice habits? What, what kind of teammate are they? Things like that. And I think that is one of the more underrated aspects of the game nowadays mm-hmm. is, you know, are you sulking on the bench? Are you, you know, spread eagle on the bench with your arms over the chairs at the end of the bench with your head down? You know, things like that, mm-hmm. yelling at your teammates if, if they miss a layup. Um, I, I think those are all things that people who don't do what we do and watch hours and hours and hours of basketball mm-hmm. on the weekends, they don't put enough stock into. They see... Mm-hmm. You know, six nine, athletic, dunks everything, mm-hmm. uh, you know, runs the floor, burst by people, crazy yeah. handles, uh, but they don't see, you know, are they making the extra pass? Uh, well, heads it, up in transition. Go ahead. And it's just to add to that too. You know, I was thinking about you know, it's been such a disservice for the NC two A to not allow coaches to go out in June. Right. For me, watching the games in June, going to Fairfax, you know, uh, Ryan Silver's event, uh, Maranatha, all these tournaments that we've gone through, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, DeNoir DeRozan tourney through the years and all that kind of stuff. Watching these kids play with their high school team away from their, a- their AU slash club teams. In the dead of summer when it doesn't matter. When it That's doesn't when matter. That's when you can see what kind of player the kid is, what their mindset is. Exactly. What their mindset is, what their approach is, how are they making their teammates better, are they playing hard and so forth. And um, and that's, I mean, for me, that's, and then obviously, you know, through December through uh, March, you yeah. know, I mean, Club basketball, you know, and I'm not saying there isn't, there's there's great coaches out in club basketball and so forth, but a lot of the time, though, with camp basketball and all that, it's just kids making plays in the open court. Sure. And so you really don't see when the game slows down, which it does during the regular season, which it does during the high school season, where it slows down and it becomes a grind. Now, don't get me wrong, Nike YBL is great. For it, sure. It's, it's, it's great. And, uh, but that's when I, th- I like to watch kids play, when making those decisions in those kind of situations. Right. You have defenses that are – they've watched, you know, mm-hmm. they've watched three full game films against you. They've yeah. they've game-planned against you. They're throwing random defenses at you. They know yeah. your strengths and weaknesses. How do you react and adapt mm-hmm. in those situations is kind of the, the area which both you and I are on the same page is lost now. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like, hey, you know, you had 35 points on – 40 shots and mm-hmm. had a bunch of highlight reel dunks and passes yeah. and things like that. Well, that's all great. Yeah. There's a place for that, right? Yeah. I mean, it makes kids feel good. It gives mm-hmm. them some attention. But do you? Th- I think the attention and this attention seeking and wanting to be 
uh, famous on Instagram or Twitter and all that is kind of just taken over. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just the ridiculous post we saw last week with um, <coughs> Mikey Williams. Mikey I Williams. Mean, not that Mikey Williams, we've seen him multiple times. He's a, an extremely talented very basketball talented, player. Very talented player. There's, there's no doubt about that. But go ahead and finish what you're... Oh, yeah. Um, overtime. Yeah, the overtime or the, the, uh, posted him, you know, and they exchanged the face. Michael, Michael Jordan, Jordan with Mikey Williams. And so I think the caption said, "Mike, Mikey looking a lot like Mike or something yeah, like yeah. To that. Be like Mike. Yeah, something like that. I don't know what it was, but it was but stupid. But I, I think it's, it's irresponsible. It's embarrassing. And uh, and it puts, I, I think, uh, an, uh, you know, it's a 14, 15-year-old kid or 16, however old he is. I think he's 15. He's 15 years old. You know, I mean, I remember I was 15. <laughs> you know, and we don't want to hear those stories, Joel. We'll <laughs> save that for the after, in the paint after dark. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that shady. Jeez Louise. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's just like, I don't know how I, I, handling that kind of pressure or, yeah. you know, I don't know what, what's going through Mikey's mind. You know, um, he's obviously been exposed to every different camp. You know, oh, sure. With, you know, um, the camps with um, uh, down in tech, uh, what's his name that runs all the, John Lucas. John Lucas. John Lucas's camp. camps and so forth. And other, you know, playing against the best players. Yeah. You know, it's like, I feel, you know, it's like you think about LeBron's kid. Right. You know, Bronny James coming up and the pressure that he's going to have to, you know, endure. You know, playing with Wade's kid and all that kind of stuff, and just at Sierra Canyon, at Sierra Canyon, with a being, whole lot of expectations and a whole lot of expectations, and yeah. a lot of a lot of good players who are going to be playing in front of him. Yeah, that's what people don't realize. I don't think. Yeah, like Sierra Canyon, if they get who, you know, the rumors are are swirling yeah. who they're going to get. Like, yeah. that's a loaded team, and you got Taron Frank coming back. You have Amari yeah. Bailey, which it could Zahir make Wade. it, which it could make it easier on it could. James yeah, too, yeah, because could. he. Could, like, because he can pass. Yeah. If you watch him play and stuff, he does a very good job getting his teammates involved. Got a good involved. feel for the game, as we He's going to feel the game, and if he gets those guys that we think we're getting, that he's, they're going to enroll there, then it's going to take pressure off him. Okay. Okay. You got anything else to add, man? That was a good hour and 17 minutes of, of good content. I think I got my basketball fix for the day. There we go. For Devin Uglin and Joel Francisco sitting in for Ronnie Flores, that will be it for this week's In the Paint Show. We appreciate you guys lending your ear to us. Um, every Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, whenever we are able to drop it. Uh, Ronnie Flores, thanks for joining us from Vegas. Stay out of trouble. Make sure Rick is uh, uh, on the righteous path, even though we know he's not. Uh, Doug Gottlieb as well, thanks for joining us. That'll do it for this week's In the Paint Show. Joel and Devin, signing off. <laughs>